You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. International success coach and noted author, Constance Arnold, delivers life-changing strategies through her own spiritual practices, as well as with best-selling authors and experts that she interviews. Think, Believe, and Manifest is specially designed to empower your mind and words to work for you and to bring about a life you've been dreaming of. And now, here's Constance Arnold. Well, hello, power of a manifester. You know that's who you are. Uh, this is Constance Arnold, host of the Think, Believe, and Manifest talk show. I'm so excited uh, that you took the time to join me today from all over the world. Uh, I believe that because you are listening, that you have been attracted to this show that the spirit of God has attracted you here and that you are going to receive just what you've been possibly searching for this week. So I want you to open up your heart, open up your spirit and get ready to receive. Well, it is a cold day in the ATL, but all is well. That's a rhyme. I love it. I hope that you are making the decision to create a great day. You know that it is a decision. Well, I'm going to get right to it. My special guest is, boy, we have an extraordinary guest today, Dr. Dennis Kimbrough. Uh, you guys know that uh, he wrote Think and Grow Rich, a Black Choice with uh, Napoleon Hill. He has researched more Black millionaires than anybody globally. And today... Yeah, I know I don't ever know exactly what he's going to talk about because he's such a genius. He's going to talk to us probably about wealth, uh, creating wealth, uh, abundance, uh, how to achieve greatness and success. So I'm excited. I want you to call a couple of your friends or text them and tell them to listen to this show. Well, uh, you know, March is the month that I'm celebrating my 13 years. So grateful to God, so honored and feel privileged to have had the grace to really share uh, experts from all over the world. So I'm asking all of you, and some of you have not done this, to do three things. Number one, I want you to tell at least one person about the show. Jules, who is the founder of the network, told me that the uh, all the shows on the Law of Attraction Radio Network uh, are, are featured on almost 50 different platforms. I didn't know that. I thought it was 20 or 30, but 50, wow, that's a lot. You know, somebody told me this week that they listened to me through, uh, I think, is a podcast expert. I never heard or heard of that. Some of y'all email me at Constance at fulfillingyourpurpose.com and let me know how you're listening uh, to the show. Secondly, I want you to send me a quick email and just let me know how has this show helped you? How has it motivated, inspired, given you revelation, insight, helped you to manifest uh, maybe your house, love, uh, anything? How has it uh, made you become more spiritual to tap into your spirituality. So email me at Constance at fulfillingyourpurpose.com. You don't have to be on the show, but it really just kind of shows me how far reaching the show is. 
And lastly, I want you to make a, a, a financial donation gift. Uh, every week I'm bringing you the best quality, best experts uh, in a spirit of excellence. And, uh, you know, whoever is feeding you, that's who you pour back into. And so I'm listening to a guy right now. Man, I'm learning so much stuff, so much revelation. My life has shifted. My life is changing. I've had, <laughs> I can't even tell you, I don't have enough time, some of the miraculous manifestations that have happened because I'm getting more knowledge, insight, understanding, and revelation. So he didn't beg me to give. He barely asked, but I had to because he's shifting and changing me. So if you want to make a, a financial gift and a donation, go to fulfillingyourpurpose.com. There's a big red donate button that you can hit, or you can cash out me. A couple of people cash out me uh, this week. Thank you so much. I'm thanking all of you in advance. My cash app is dollar sign Constance Arnold, or you could zail me. If you want to use Zelle, people who are in the U.S., uh, that is Constance at fulfillingyourpurpose.com. Well, I am excited. Wow. And lastly, you want to do a discovery call uh, with me to coach you. You tired of just struggling, uh, wishing and hoping, waiting for your breakthrough, but ain't nothing happening. Everybody needs a coach. So email me at Constance at fulfillingyourpurpose.com. We'll do a 20-minute discovery call. I'm just going to be listening to you to see if we are a vibrational match. And I think that is it, everybody. Let's take a deep breath in. Let it out, everybody. Get ready. Open your heart and your spirit after these commercials for Dr. Dennis Kimbrough. Are you feeling stuck? Are you ready to live a life beyond your wildest dream? Constance Arnold is a seasoned and experienced professional licensed counselor for 25 years and a certified success life coach and would love to partner with you to create your dreams. She's coached and trained over 10,000 clients on five continents and has a proven track record of success. Constance will assist you in getting a clear vision for your life and develop customized strategies, projects, and action steps to begin manifesting your dream. Contact her today at Constance at fulfillingyourpurpose.com and visit her website at fulfillingyourpurpose.com. Everybody, I'm back. And guess what? We got a superstar in the house today, all the way from the ATL. It's two of us. And uh, I want to take the time to introduce uh, Dr. Dennis Kimber. I've interviewed him before, but I am awed by who he is. And I really, that he is, believe that he is the man for such a time as this. He, he is a New York Times bestseller and author. He's appeared on CNN, MSNBC, been featured in the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, USA Today. He's the author of Daily Motivations for African American Success, uh, What Makes the Great Great, The Wealth Charge, Success Secrets of Black Millionaires, and he co-authored 
Think and Grow Rich, a black church with Napoleon Hill. He has three daughters, I think some grandkids who are telling him what to do. Uh, and he is just an awesome man. I told him he's really a genius and understands the patterns, the processes, and the insights into success. And if I am correct, I think he's interviewed more black millionaires who are not athletes and or celebrities. So he knows the deal. We are so honored. Dr. Dennis Kimbrough, welcome back to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Wow, Constance, it is always great to be with you. Keep doing the Lord's work in the Lord's way. Take this information out that we can help individuals raise their level of vision. And there's Lord and Savior Jesus. He's been missing for two or three days. And when they finally find him, he's berated. Where have you been? Don't you know we've been looking for you? And what was his response? Well, you know where I was. He said, where? He said, I was about my father's business. Well, Constance, what is your father's business? Your father's business is growth. Your father's business is development. Your father's business is being better today than you were yesterday. Your father's business is narrowing your zone of ignorance. Your father's business is using the tools that you have been given when you were birthed into this world. And that's what I'm trying to do. Use every tool in my toolbox to take that message forward. And you're doing it. And I'm honored. You, you don't know this. This is my anniversary 13 years doing the wow. show, 687 shows, Whoa. 50 different platforms. I've only missed one show that was when my brother made his transition only by the grace of God. So I'm honored to have you on this month, Dr. Kimbrough. Wow. Well, you got a book. What'd you say? <laughs> Six, 600 shows or? 687. 687. That's what Larry King did. I was on Larry King's show and what he would do, he would just take his, in, his interviews and compile it all in a book and release it. So you got several books. Being done as we speak. <laughs> yeah, you got you to find the common chord in all the interviews. Yeah, so true. Find the common chord, you know, what was their challenge? How do they overcome it? And what are the key takeaways? And that's the book. That is the book. Thank you. And I just also want to acknowledge to my audience that uh, Dr. Kimbrough's wife, Pat, made her transition. We want to continue to send love wow, and peace and you. prayers your way. Thank she was you. always so nice to me. Every time I call and say, I want to interview Dr. Kimbrough. No problem. And I must have finally, she finally said, here's his number. She oh, was wow. always so kind to me. And we wow. just want to honor her. Dr. Kimbrough. Well, she's still with us. And if you're looking for it, just look in your heart. She said, enough with this uh, physical plane. I'm going into the spiritual realm. I'll be waiting on you. So I still feel her presence in every room in this house. And I feel her presence right now. We're going to clean your study up. Man, she, <laughs> she would wear me out. But here's the thing. Like you said, I got my grandchildren. And during the pandemic uh, conference, they loved my study. They would all gravitate to the you, you should have seen it when, when all the schools were, were virtual and remote. They, they moved in. They brought the luggage. Because <laughs> all my daughters were gone. So we got four bedrooms up there. They all had their separate bedroom and they had the luggage. And 
what we got uh, two desktop computers down here. I don't know how many laptops, Wisconsin. I don't know how many laptops, high speed internet. So, uh, yeah, during the pandemic, you could come here and walk into any area in my study and you could feel the heat coming off the monitors. <laughs> That is so wonderful. I'm just going to let you go, uh, Dr. Kimbrough. What do you feel like people need to hear globally? What's in your heart that could really help people to align, get clear, and begin executing and implementing? Well, regardless, and what's going, what's, regardless what's going on the outside, this is arguably the best time on the planet to be alive. Regardless of what's happening out there, remember what I said when we opened off, off camera, holiness, what is whole? Well, you are whole. And what in the world does you are whole mean, Constance? It means quit looking for the answers to your problems outside of you. Everything that you need is inside, encapsulated in you. So how in the world are we going to birth that? How in the world are we going to bring that forward? When Napoleon Hill knew that with the title of the book, Think and Grow, take time to think. Take time to realign, take time to calibrate, take time to re-engineer, take time to refocus and recenter. And that's what I did when I got up this morning. I knew, hey, I got Constance on at 12 o'clock. Uh, I was preparing uh, 24, 48 hours out, blah, 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 this, that, and everything. Focus, realign. So this is arguably the best time on the planet to be alive. Why? Because the, the speed of knowledge is increasing so fast and at a hyper speed that the answers are there. If we just go ahead and just take time to absorb them. So what are the answers? There's only four things in life that you need. Something to do, someone to love, something to hope for, and something to believe in. That is it. Well, who do you want to love? Well, it's based on your relationships. And relationships are based on your values. Right now, Constance, there are 20 human values. That's it. Number one is achievement. Number 20 is wisdom. So what is the critical question? What are the values that you absolutely, positively refuse to compromise on? What are the values that you look for in others? What are the values that people are going to talk about you when you're not in the room? Your values are the center of gravity to anything and everything that you would desire. Your values, Constance, is your due north. Your values is your brand statement. What is your value add? If you were a box of Cracker Jacks, what would be the free prize inside? And what do you bring to the table? If I asked Jim Casey of, of UPS, what is your value add? He would probably say, what can Brown do for you? If I ask Phil Knight of Nike Shoes, what is your value add, Phil? We teach people how to just do it. If I ask Fred Smith of Federal Express, what is your value add? Absolutely, positively, must be there overnight. What is your value add? So, you know, that is, that, that is, that is critical. That's number one. Number two, love. Someone to love. Constant. Three toughest things in the world to do. Number one, defend the absent. Defend the absent. Everybody has a story. Give them an opportunity to tell their story. Give them an opportunity to tell their story. So I come home and um, I immediately try it when I get home from school. 
I want to find the scores on NC2A, you know, basketball, sports, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And as I'm changing the station to ESPN, I go past MSNBC. And what do I see? I see a snippet, Katanji Brown. Here she is sitting in the hot seat trying to share her story. Trying to, and at that particular time, they're talking about critical, critical race theory. Man, I do not like critical race theory. Don't give me critical race theory, blah, blah, blah. And it's not conscious that I have anything against critical race theory. The fact of the matter is that my race for more than 400 years has lived under the auspices of critical race theory. You didn't have to put the 1619 Project in a book and talk about critical race theory. Just interview me and I can tell you what I saw with my eyes in my particular family. Mm -hmm. My grandparents, you know, here I am, I'll be 72 years old in December. My grandparents on both sides never got a chance to vote in their life. Mm -hmm. Why? Because all four of them died before the 1965 Voting Rights Act. That's critical race theory. My, gra my grandparents, they were all, you know, uh, menial workers. And they never, they never got an opportunity to pour into Social Security and collect Social Security. Why? Because when Franklin Delano Roosevelt came up with the idea for Social Security, Blacks weren't given the opportunity, man. He, what, what he did, he said, no, we're not going to have it for menial workers. Well, close to 70% of African-Americans at that time were all menial workers. Hmm. My father fought in World War II, and here comes Harry Truman. And Harry Truman said, man, we're going to have, you know, uh, veterans benefits and this, that, that you know, uh, blah, 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 this, that, and everything. But he excluded Black soldiers. So I say that to say this. Man, you talk critical race theory. I have seen critical race theory. Yeah. And I don't like it. Well, Dr. Kimball, what does that have to do with love? You know, love is the master plan. Love is the method. Hate can't solve hate. War can't solve war. What you need, you need to go in a completely different direction. Like they say, bigger is better. No, bigger is not better. Better is better. <laughs> Don't follow the crowd. Go in a completely different direction. Love is the master plan. Fourth, now here comes, you know, something to do. Well, what about your work? What about your career? Okay, what can you do? Do you even know? And again, Constance, you know what I'm going to say now. Do you even know your area of excellence? What is your area of unfair competitive advantage? And each of us has an area of unfair competitive advantage. We are given a gift, but a gift never becomes a talent until you work at it. People say, oh, man, Dr. Kimber, you are a talented man, this, that, and everything. Well, they don't see me in my study sitting at my computer hoping, man, I hope and pray that I can write a page today. And I'm sitting here at concerts, eyes closed, hands on the keyboard until my brain bleeds. Well, mm -hmm. I didn't come up with anything today, man. I would, <laughs> I, would go, I, I would go ahead and write two pages and I would take it upstairs to my wife and she would go like this. Uh, you know, you can do better than that. Just trash the whole thing after an <laughs> entire day, man. Well, I, I hope I'm getting it you know, clear to you. What can you do? And then last but not least, something to hope for. Why are you here? Why are you here? Something to hope for. 
greatest tragedy in life is not death. The greatest tragedy in life is to be alive and not know why. Why are you here? Well, hopefully you're here to make it better for the next generation. As John Johnson of Ebony Magazine told me, to pass that baton on to the next generation. But the next generation must be fit, focused, ready to run the race of their life. That's it in a nutshell. You don't have to read any books. You don't have to go to any seminars. You don't have to listen to any podcasts. You don't have to watch <laughs> any videos. Just focus on those four key areas and stop. So, you know, I, I heard you say the difference in creativity and then uh, execution. You know, a lot of people are saying, I'm starting a business. You got to grind. You got to hustle. What's your take on that? When God gives us an idea, how do people execute that instead of just wishing and hoping? Well, again, that goes back when and where do you do your best thinking? Now, right now, the Census Bureau will tell us, Commerce Department will tell us we have slightly more than 2 million African-American businesses out there in the planet. I tend to disagree, all right? When I think of a business, I think of entrepreneurship. And entrepreneurship is the third level of businesses. Right now, it's what you call a side hustle, okay? Um, there are 50 million side hustles. You can go ahead and make beads. You can go ahead and make jewelry and sell it on Etsy, blah, blah, blah. That's number one. Number two, a small business. What do small business owners do? Well, small business owners, they run small businesses. And the third and highest level is entrepreneurship. Now, there are five phases to entrepreneurship, and that's when you are really, quote unquote, running a business. Running a business. Planning, organization, and control. The four Ps, price, product, place, promotion, and last but not least, scaling your business. The, the, the short and sweet concepts of scaling a business, there are 21 different ways to market or sell a product or service, and you gotta make sure that you have looked at all 21 different ways and try to find a way to monetize it in every particular area. Case in point. So I stand in front of millennials every Tuesday and Thursday. Mm -hmm. I have all my millennials, they want to be business owners. They want to be entrepreneurs. If I ask them, all right, there are 21 different ways to market or sell a product or service. Constance, they all gravitate to number 21, which is the internet. They all do it, man. I'm going to the internet. I'm going to go ahead. And I'm going to piggyback on LinkedIn. I'm going to piggyback on Google. I'm going to piggyback on Facebook. Man, I'm going to get 40 million hits. And I said, well, you know, close to 30% of African-Americans have absolutely no broadband internet service. How are you going to reach them? You're going to give up 30% of the market for that? How are you going to reach them? So you got to find a way to monetize that in every particular area. And then... When you have, when your business is in full bloom and the only way it's going to come with creativity and innovation, when your business is in full bloom, are you going to expand your business through mergers and acquisitions or are you going to develop an exit strategy? I have taken this full bloom as far as it can go and now I'm going to sell it. So we see that all the time. But your critical question is, yes, innovation and creativity which is a huge difference. Creativity is the ability to come up with an idea, but innovation is the ability to execute. And so many folks can't execute that idea. Case in point, look at Google. 
Google wasn't the only search engine out there. I, I remember mean, there, there, that. Yep. There, there were close to a, a hundred ideas on the table. But what did Sergey Brin and Larry Page have that no one else did? They took a step back, Constance, and they weren't quick to market to say, man, we got to find a way where if people want to search anything and everything, we got to develop the algorithms. That's where 99.9% of the marketplace was going. What Google did, they were looking to see what people was trying to search. They were looking for those particular areas that got the most hits and started with that. Steve Jobs did the same thing. Steve Jobs says, well, no, I'm not going to come up with a computer and I'm not going to come up with a design uh, in terms of the cell phone and blah, 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 and this, mm -hmm. that, and everything. I'm going to look what's already out on the marketplace and improve it and make it better. Huge difference, man, between first the market and being best in the market. Oh, that's good. And so right now, because, you know, everybody wants more money, more wealth. Should people be looking for problems and issues and say, how can I serve? How can I stop? Yeah, that's, that, yeah, that's heart and soul of entrepreneurship. What an entrepreneur, like I said, small business owner operators run a small business, but entrepreneurs solve problems. So I ask my students right now, no longer will we ask the question, what, you know, what are you going to do when you grow up? The question you want to ask now, what problem have you been born to solve? What problem have you been born to solve? And when you solve problems, when you offer solutions, and that's not me, Ralph Waldo Emerson said this in the 18th century, in the 19th, excuse me, in the 1800s, the 19th century, the world will be a path to your door. What is innovation, Constance? Think of the question. Everything works until one day it no longer works. Mm. Everything works until it no longer works. So let's enjoy our iPhone. Enjoy it Why we have it. Why? Because in the next five years or 60 months, Apple, the way it looks now, Apple's going to get out of the telecommunication business. Why? Build cars. Apple has already gone to Ford and GM and say, what is your price? I mean, you can ask Henry Ford the fourth, man. He's already sat down with Apple. I mean, they got the people and Apple's got the money, man. How you gonna, if Apple can walk through your door with a checkbook, you better get nervous because this, this looks like it's gonna be a, a hostile takeover, brother. <laughs> Why? because they gotta be in the, the autonomous car business. They gotta be in it. Why? Because if they're not in it, Elon Musk will definitely be in it. Now, I don't know what you're going to do. We can sit back on the edge and wait for them to do it, or you can take a preemptive strike. What is a preemptive strike? Don't be reactionary. Be out in front of your problems and say, well, how will that impact society? Well, when we got self-autonomous cars, man, goodbye Lyft and goodbye Uber. Hmm. We got self-autonomous cars. Well, just like Lyft and Uber did that to the taxi cab industry, we're going to do it to them. We get self-autonomous cars, man. What else is that going to be? Well, they will probably be uh, battery powered. So goodbye gasoline, goodbye oil industry. So these are critical areas and it's going to occur. It's going to go, whether we sit back here now, so what is life going to look beyond Google? 
Definitely. What is life going to look, Constance, beyond Facebook? What is life going to look like beyond Instagram? So true. And so, you know, when God downloads an idea, I remember once you said God is always, ideas are always flowing. Let's just say some listeners, once they get that idea, they need to execute it. And I've heard people say, well, I need money. What's your thinking around that for people who have left their jobs because they want to start their own thing, but they say they need money? Well, money is an idea. That's all it is. Money is a resource. And I'm not speaking to you, I'm not a member of the club of Rome where there's a finite number of dollars and just a finite, if Constance, uh, here's a pie, and if you get a slice of the pie, that means less of a slice for me. No, money is infinite. Just like if I walk with you to the Atlantic Ocean and I say, Constance, here's your bucket, you can get all the water you want. I go ahead and I get a 50 gallon drum because I really want to dig deep and get the water. And here you come with a little thimble and that's all the water you want. That's the same way people look at, at, at with money. That's the, that's the same idea they take with that. But it begins with an idea. And what is the critical question? How can I serve? How can I impact and improve your life? And that's not me. That's Adam Smith with his book, The Wealth of Nations. Here you are in my study. I can go back and get the book. Adam Smith was the godfather of capitalism. And he was the individual that says, I allow you to pursue your divine self-interest. And Constance, you allow me to pursue my divine self-interest. And who's going to benefit the greater good? That's capitalism. But he also says, when one party blocks the other, if you block me or I block you, it's no longer capitalism. And when this idea came to bear, when this idea was presented in this, you know, in the 1776, 17, you know, 77, okay. it really isn't the capitalism that was espoused by Adam Smith. But let's go back to the heart and soul of it. It's all based on ideas. So what is the one idea that you are definitely going to pursue? Next question. Do you allow your friends, your associates, who you associate with, your road dogs, to talk you out of your ideas? What one idea can make a difference, not only in your life, but the life of the lives of those around you? Did you know that you get four ideas a year, any one of which if you pursue them, would make you financially independent? These are critical questions that we have got to answer. And if you don't answer those ideas, and that's not me, that's Stephen Covey. And if you don't answer those ideas, and that's not me, I mean, that's all the business, that's Marcus Buckingham, that's Don Clifton. If you don't answer those ideas, forget it, you're a step behind. Classic example. There's a workshop that my students always go through, and it's uh, how to read the Wall Street Journal. Mm -hmm. And the business school will bring uh, a financial advisor in, blah, 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 to teach uh, the, you know, the first years, the second years, freshmen and sophomores, how to read the Wall Street Journal. So one year in my class, they brought in a financial advisor. Students came in the class. They were booted and suited. And on every, on every chair, every desk was that morning's edition of the Wall Street Journal. So he's flipping through the pages 
And he tells the students, turn to the investment section. So they all turn to the investment section. Right there on the right side above the centerfold was uh, an article about Steve Jobs and uh, Apple computer, the iPhone, blah, blah, blah. So he just reading over the key points and uh, he asked the students, okay, any ideas in here that, uh, okay, Steve Jobs is telling, uh, telling the country that he's going to do ABC, XYZ, one, two, three. Everybody uh, approve of that idea? Is there some things that Jobs could do to take Apple a little bit further? So uh, a couple of my students said, yeah, man, if, if I was Steve Jobs, man, I would also do this, blah, blah, blah. This. So the financial advisor from one of the banks, one of the top banks in the country said, that's a great idea. Wow. All right, everybody put the newspaper down. Look at your watch. And my students looked down on the watch and said, what time is it? And they told him, oh, it's about uh, 11 o'clock. He said, great. He said, don't you know that you got kids in schools and colleges and universities in China right now, got the same idea that you got. And here you are 12 hours behind. How are you going to make up that time? How are you going to be on an equal footing with those kids in China knowing that you're a half a day behind? He said, that is the speed of knowledge. That is the, that's where we find ourselves right now. So it's no longer a question, you know, man, is this a good idea? Not a good idea. One of the, one of the skill sets that I send my students through in my entrepreneurship class is called screening new ventures. It's not so much the idea, but you've got to ask yourself, can this idea be improved? And not only will this, what is the end result of this idea? It's not who gets the idea. It's the critical questions that you got to ask and answer. Question number one, is there a market for this product or service? Question number two, is the market confined in a central location where it can be served in an efficacious manner? Question number three, who are you as an individual to bring this product or service to bear? Question number four, who are your customers? Question number five, who's your perfect customer? Mm. Question number six, Constant Arnold, which is the entrepreneurial question, who are your non-customers? Dr. Kumar, what do you mean non-customer? Who are the individuals that are currently using your product or service, excuse me, who are not using your product or service, but would use your product or service in the future if you made the slightest change or modification to? So Constance, you told me that you got folks in Russia and Ukraine that, you know, watch your podcast. Well, who are the folks in Eastern Europe who aren't watching your podcast, but would watch it, would tap in, would log on, would subscribe, if you made the slightest change or modification to? Oh, that's so good. And no one asked. Who's your non-customer? I know somebody who did ask Oprah Winfrey when she came up with Old Magazine. When she came up with Old Magazine, she said, do I want all the Black women that read Essence, Ebony, and Jet, or do I want all the Black women who read Essence, Ebony, and Jet, as well as Facebook, Red Book, Vogue, Vanity Fair? Powerful. 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 And yeah, and so it took, you know, it took Essence Magazine 
20 years to hit a million subscribers took Oprah less than 18 months. Wow. Because so she asked, who are the non-customers? I've never asked myself that question, but what? I'm going to. If you made the slightest change or modification to, and I do it all the time. Now, here I am, and there is my copy of Think and Grow Rich or Black Choice, but I know who my audience is. Yeah, I can sit up here and I can talk about black profiles and blah, blah, blah. But when you go back and look at the 50 minutes that we went through on this podcast, I only mentioned John Johnson. I only mentioned Oprah Winfrey. I only mentioned Essence. But I did mention Fred Smith, the Federal Express. And I did mention Steve Jobs. And Kansas, I believe I did mention Larry Page and Sergio and Sergey Brin of Google. And I know I mentioned Phil Knight of Nike Shoes. As a matter of fact, I shared more white profiles than black profiles. So powerful. Expand, expand. No, you're for everybody. I'm for everybody. I don't teach black management. I teach management. I don't teach black entrepreneurship. I teach entrepreneurship. Amazing. And so Dr. Kimber, it, it, it sounds like that people, I know you're big on thinking. They really need to sit and think about who they are, what they have, what they want to do, how to really execute the ideas that God downloads to them. Oh, without a doubt. And Jerry Thompson, I mean, he gave everybody the answer. Jerry Thompson was the founder of 7-Eleven. Hmm. What was his value add? You asked Jerry Thompson, what's your value add? What's your USP? And what would he tell you? He would tell you, we never close. Hmm. We're always open, 7-Eleven. He said, give the customer what he wants, where he wants it, and when he wants it. If you do it to the best of your ability, you can have all the market share you want. So Dr. Kimball, what are you saying? What did Jerry Thompson said? Don't find the need and fill it. People don't want needs. People want feelings. They don't want needs. They want feelings. Man, Dr. Kimball, how do you feel when you're wearing that Yankee hat? Man, I feel like, I feel like I'm Derek Jeter, man. I feel <laughs> like, man, I feel like, man, I can play shortstop for the Yankees. I feel like we're going to win the championship this year. When I walk down campus on the days that I'm not in my suit and tie, everybody on campus knows I'm a hardcore Yankee fan. How do you feel when you have that iPhone instead of the Android, when you got that Apple, you know, when you got the, you know, the iPhone 13 in your hand, man, I feel innovative, man. I feel like ideas are coming and pouring into me 24 seven, man. I feel so creative, man. Like I just want to go out and test my idea, man. How do you feel when you're on, you know, Constance Arnold podcast, I feel, man, I got to bring my A game because this chick, this sister, it's one of the baddest sisters on the planet and she's going to take this information anywhere and everywhere. Don't, don't give them needs, give them feelings. That's the way we want to feel. So, you know, I'm wearing this. Everybody knows I'm a lipstick here. I, I wear Pat McGrath. She's a black. I didn't know who she was, but she has her own labs and uh, where she does design the lipstick and is like the number one uh, makeup artist. But when you when I wear her lipstick, it's different than when I wear matte. When I put on her lipstick, I'm like, wow, that is so creamy. Wow. So all of my friends are like, 
Okay, we know she's hooked now, but it's the feeling yes, the that feeling. I got that makes me keep going back and paying what I pay for it. Yep. Brilliant. You want to you want to feel fierce. Mm. You want to feel as if you're in control. And so, you know, the founder of um, and, you know, you mentioned Mac and I mean L'Oreal says the same thing. You know, we cost more, but you are worth it. Mm. You are worth it. When um, when the founder of Victoria's Secret, he sold his business um, to the Wexler family. Um, he sold to, oh man, I got, I'm moving so fast. I'm gonna share that story with you at a number, another time. Okay. When he sold Victoria's Secret. The first thing they did, they helped focus groups around the country. And, you know, he was barely making $4 million a year. He felt that he had tapped out. That Victoria's mm -hmm. Secret, that's as far as he can take the product and the service. And when he sold Victoria's Secret, the first thing they did, they helped focus groups around the country. And he asked women, how did they feel when they bought Victoria's Secret? And just like I told you, they felt in, in control. He, They felt that, you know, they were the center of gravity. They felt that they were domineering. They felt that, you know, they were the center of gravity. And that's what they tried. That's the message they tried to take forward whenever you wear Victoria's Secret now. Where he was pushing the sexy angle. When they sold that business, they were pushing the control angle. Women, we are, we are second to none. Women, we are in control right now. And now... This is the this is the month of women. And women never forget you hold up 57% of the sky. Women, you are the gender that take the species forward. Why? Because you always ask that one question, the only question that matters. And what is the only question that matters? What about the children? Yeah. What about you think beyond yourself? You think beyond what you know, what I see right now. When you ask that question, what about the children? That means there is going to be a tomorrow. That means that, you know, that life will go on. Regardless of what's going on today, regardless of your circumstances, this chaos and confusion that we see right now, life will go on. We will go yeah. forward. We will move forward as a species. And that's a powerful metaphor for life. That is, you know, one thing you mentioned was, I think, hope or hope and purpose. So how do people, and how have you been able to go on? How do people like, man, you know, you and I were talking about the people in Ukraine. I mean, man, they just motivate me. I'm like, look at those people. How do people who might feel like, man, Dr. Kimbrough, I just don't know. And I'm telling people, we don't have time for that. How can people move more in the vibration of hope? And how are you doing that? Well, I, I know the truth. Who is the most dangerous individual in the world? A man with sight, but no vision. Who is the most pitiful individual in the world? Any man or woman without hope. Without hope. And hope isn't a verb. Hope isn't an adjective. Hope is visionary, Constance. It's visionary. Holding on to a greater vision of yourself. Holding on, you know, taking that, as Martin Luther King said, taking the first step on the staircase without even seeing the staircase. That is hope. And the only reason why you can hold on to hope, you've got to be self-actualized. 
You got to be self-actualized. And what in the world is self-actualized? Looking at the greatest part of yourself. Looking at the greatest vision of yourself. Don't see yourself the way you are today. See yourself the way you'll be in the future. And holding on to that one vision. Oh, my God. It is, you know, and I don't care where you see it. Don't, don't, don't look at the masses. The masses never get a concert. Look at yourself. It's never the choir that gets it. It is the soloist that gets it. It is the soul. And listen to that still small voice. The law of attraction. I mean, society and, and, and this world and this chaos and confusion and the ego, they yell, they scream. We hear the bombs, we see the missiles. But how does God speak to us? God whispers to us. And that's why it's called the still small voice. And what is God always telling us? He whispers, peace, be still. Now, we translate that verse, peace, be still, as if, you know, the carpenter from Galilee is saying, peace, be still. But he's not saying, peace, be still. He's telling peace, I don't need peace right now. Peace, have a seat. Peace, go someplace and sit down. There is something I have got to say. And that is true. There is a life to hope for. And regardless of what we see, raise your level of vision. Because when you raise your level of vision, when you see with your mind's eye, and what do we know about the mind's eye concept? Our physical eye will lie to us. Yeah. When we see with our mind's eye, whatever we focus on grows. It is that's part of the subconscious mind. Whatever you give your sight to, whatever you give your vision to, whatever you give your time to will expand. So you have hope, if you center on hope for a better day, it's going to expand in your life. If you center on the vision of wealth, it will expand in your life. That's the law. And what do we know about the law? The law is unchangeable. The law is unchangeable. What do we know about, you know, you know, and what is the law? The law comes from, comes to us from that one source. Constance, the last time that you and I chatted, I, I mentioned the fact I can't wait for the end of the world. Mm -hmm. I can't wait. And the end of the world is not Russia and bombing and Armageddon and nuclear holocaust. No. The end of the world is the end of the thoughts of this chaos. It's the end of the thoughts of this confusion. It is the end of the thought of thinking of this nonsense, this lack and limitation. And we focus beyond, you know, we focus on that one mind, that one true idea of who we are and what we are. That's the oh, end okay. of the world. And that's where we need to be in every area of our life. You know, Stop focusing on it's not what you're going through, it's what you're going to. That's where we need to be. Quit talking about the size of your problems and talk about the size of your God. That's where we need to be. And every psalm that David wrote, every psalm that he wrote, Constance, was before he fought Goliath, not after. 
not after. Anybody can do it afterwards. Yeah, when you see the end result, and you got to think about that when you post on Facebook, and you got to think about when you post on Instagram, and you got to think with, about that when you post on LinkedIn. No, tell me before it happens. Tell me what you're going to do, not what you've done. Anybody can do that after. And what do we call that? We, we, we call that what? Cognitive dissonance. No one posts anything when they're getting their ass kicked. No one posts anything when they're getting the teeth kicked out. No one posts anything when they're getting smacked in the mouth. They always post something after they're done. No, tell me before that's hoping. Tell me what's really going to happen in your life before it occurs. Tell me what you're manifesting now. That's hope. And that's where we need to be. I can tell you right now what's going to happen. I can tell you that movie is going to come out, come out thinking grow rich or black choice, mm -hmm. and it's going to change lives forever. I can tell you right now what's going to. I'm working on the revised edition of Think and Grow Rich or Black Choice, and it's really going to change lives. Tell me what's going to happen now. I'm going to include new articles and new content. Content. I have so much content that I have never released, and I'm releasing now. Why? because I've got one foot in teaching and I'm about to retire from teaching, but I will constantly be a professor. What's going to be my classroom? I'm going to have a global classroom. No longer on Tuesdays and Thursdays. What I would tell my, tell my students from close to 25 years, I'm going to share with the world and I have unlimited content and the lives that I'm going to touch. So don't wait to see it on Instagram or Facebook. No, I'm telling you right now. I'm manifesting that right now. Lazarus, come forth right now so powerful and that's why i jokingly said to dr kimbrough before we came on i'm like there's no way i can even prepare for you you're the only person i interview you got too much genius and too much wisdom and, and too much knowledge and you know that's so powerful just getting a vision like you i could tell you right now you know, what my life, what it's going to look like and, mm -hmm. and uh, just living in my imagination right now, knowing it's already done. Yeah. And that's not me. That's Albert Einstein. He said, imagination is greater than knowledge. So what am I doing? I just want to take in the information. I'm like I said, I want to narrow my zone of ignorance. I want to make sure that in every area of my life, it's not, you know, about, you know, uh, it's about living a life. What was I about to say? I mean, what, what is the greatest, what is the greatest measure of a well-lived life? It's not how much, it's not how rich, it's not how vast, it's not how influential, it's how many lives you have touched along the way. Yeah. How many lives? Whose life was better because you were here? That's the measure of a well-lived life. And that's the measure of a self-actualized life. You know, I'm so glad you said that because I went to the network. I said, you know, this is my 13th year. And I said, kind of give me, you know, the demographics and the numbers. And when they told me, they say, we're going to, we know you touch 10 million people, but it's probably more than that. You know, that's just, they can touch. And when they told me that I fell on my knees, Dr. Kimber, and I'm like, oh God, thank you for the honor and privilege. So I'm saying to people, 
just start where you were like Dr. Kimbrough said, and just begin being kind, compassionate, giving, loving, you know, whatever you have. And I, when I started, I just wanted to serve. I was in a very broken place 13 years ago. But I said, okay, I had a broken ankle and I had a broken heart. I'm like, but I can one day a week for an hour try to help some folk. And so I'm exhibit A of what you're talking about. And, and what do you know about one? Canon Farrar, the philosopher, said, I may be only one. And, uh, you know, uh, but I am one. And what I can do, I will do. Well, what in the world was he saying? He would say that one is the greatest number in the world. Mm. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, one kind word can put a little pep in your step. Yeah. One smile will lift your spirits. One Sunday sermon will give you energy to get through an entire week. One handshake just might give you the confidence that you need. One, you know, college professor's lecture may give you the, you know, will, will give you the, the thought to, to go ahead and try a new idea. I mean, one mother brought you in this world, but one Lord and Savior blew breath into your lungs. So what am I saying? One is the most powerful number in the universe. And you said it, Constance, not me. I am one. And what happened? You took light to darkness. You don't take darkness to light. You know, you take the light to darkness. And that's what you're doing right now. You don't take poverty to wealth. You take wealth to poverty. You don't take, you know, sickness to health. You take health to sickness. He tells you right there, he says, well, you know, what? it's disease. And what is disease? It's the lack of ease. Well, the lack of ease doesn't exist. I only created ease. Where did you get lack of ease? It doesn't exist. Where did you get disease? I only created health. So you take health to disease. So you, what am I saying, cousin? You already have the emotion. That is you. That's what you were given. Yeah. I mean, you know, God is the electricity, but Constance, you're the lamp. And what you did, what you told me on this podcast, you plugged the lamp in. You finally plugged the lamp in. All the while, you were the lamp, but you didn't plug it in. And you thought you were broken. No, you weren't broken because as soon as you plugged in, the light came on. So true. The light came on. And I don't know what power or force, but I do know what happened. You embrace the silence. And that's what we got to do. You embrace the silence. It's the space between the bars that confines the tiger. It's the silence between the notes that makes the music. You just sat there and you said, I'm only one, but I can do something. And you plugged it in. And your creator doesn't care what color the lamp, what shape of the lamp, is the lamp black? Is it white? Is it red? Is it pink? Is it blue? Is the lamp metal? Is the lamp wood? He doesn't care anything about the lampshade. The only thing he or she cares about is that it gets plugged in. And we need more folks who did what you did. Look, damn it, plug in the lamp. So Get behind that one life force. And there's only one life force 
I mean, you you go you go to the CDC right now, and until you come into this world, and until the day that you are birthed, me, December 29, 1950, what was the life force? It was the placenta and the umbilical cord. That was my life force until I no longer needed it. The placenta and the umbilical cord. And when the cord got cut, I was whole. Ow. You something oh. else. Dr. Kimbrough, how can people receive? Guys, you know, this man is... <laughs> I mean, you hear him, you hear his spirit, tell them your website. And I'm just going to tell everybody, you've got to read his books. I was rereading re one the other night and you can only read a sentence at a time. And then you're like, <laughs> oh my God. And then you highlight it. And then you read another sentence. Oh my God. You know, that's how powerful it is. Give us your website. We're excited about your upcoming movie that you're going to be re revisiting and rewriting and a new edition of Think and Grow Rich, a Black Choice. And anybody who needs for him, or if you, if you are in charge of an organization, you're a VP, you're in that C-suite, you need to contact him uh, so that he could speak to your organization and change it. What's your info? DennisKimbrowSpeaks.com. You can hit me up on LinkedIn, hit me up on Twitter, hit me up on Facebook. I would love to hear about you. Constance, you're a game changer, girl. Keep taking the message forward. Thank you. Keep taking it forward. Keep sharing your wisdom. Keep sharing your knowledge because you are changing lives. Thank you. I'm honored. God bless you. We love you, Dr. Kimbrough. We're sending love and peace your way. We know that you're one with God and one with all there is, and God has you, but I just thank you so much. Thank you, Constance. God bless and take care. Everybody, make a decision to have a great week. Thank you for listening to Think, Believe, and Manifest. Constance Arnold will be back next week with another great show just for you. For more information, please visit fulfillingyourpurpose.com.